Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. The great Greg Amsinger is with us on the Celebrity Line. Of course, you can see Greg on MLB Network every night on MLB Tonight. You can also... uh, no, have this little nugget of knowledge that Greg is a native of St. Louis. He attended the Lindenwood University, and uh, he joins us now. Greg, we've got a uh, we, we've got a segment that'll come up after you called "Take It or Leave It," and I'm going to give you one right now. Take it or leave it. The Angels are doing the right thing in not trading Shohei Otani. Oh man, that's a hard one. You know, I, you know, immediately I wanted to say leave it because um, I, I, they have no chance of resigning him. Right, so if you know he's going to leave, even if it's to the the rival Dodgers, which is going to be painful for the owner of, of the Angels, Artie Moreno, you got to get something for him. You can't just get a compensation pick for a Hall of Fame level pitcher, a Hall of Fame level slugger. It makes no <laughs> sense. But but Tom Berducci broke the news last night that they're pulling him off the trade market, and of course they made a trade for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez after they made that news. It makes sense. This is their last shot. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get an Aaron Judge-like situation. They want Shohei Otani to have warm, fuzzy feelings for the Angels. The only way they can do that is if they make this miraculous October run. They go deep into the playoffs. He pitches them into the ALCS of the World Series. And then he decides to not take the highest offer and stay with the Angels, which is what Aaron Judge did when he stayed with the Yankees. This is their only shot at keeping Shohei Otani, who's worth so much international money to whatever franchise signs him. So to me, the more I look at it, this is their Hail Mary pass at keeping Otani. And so it's the right thing. What's that? So it's the correct thing to do. I I, I think keeping him is the right thing to do. Okay, but here's what I said on TV, all right? It's to be okay. I live my life in worst-case scenario situations. When I drive my car, I'm expecting someone to cut me off everywhere I go. When I'm on TV, I expect the patrol room to not run any tape. I expect everything to go wrong in every facet of life. I'm a horrible person to be married to. I just ask my wife. But this is how I operate. So if you're the angels, okay, you have to operate in worst-case scenario and be at peace with it. The worst case scenario situation here is you're going to trade for all these other players and give away so many young pieces of your future, which they did last night in the Giolito trade. You have to be okay with the fact that he's not going to help you get to the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs. And he's leaving for a compensation pick, which isn't a first-round pick. That's a pick in the 60s on day one of the draft. You've got to be okay with that. Because if you don't go to the playoffs, guess what? Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers. He's tired of not going to the playoffs. So if you're the Angels, you have to be okay with the worst-case scenario, and it appears they are. Greg, with Shohei off the market and Giolito going over there to the Angels, how much does that increase the value of Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty? It even looks like, of course, that that was likely Jack Flaherty's last start as a Cardinal. Where do you see Montgomery and Flaherty possibly being on the move to? 
Well, last night, my dear friend Dan Plesak said he believes the Dodgers are in the market for two starting pitchers. And if there is an organization that you want to do business with, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. No team has more top 100 prospects that they can send your way for two starting pitchers. Now, I just looked at it and thought, okay, maybe it's the, the White Sox against the Cardinals. Which which pitchers would you want? With Dylan Cease dangling out there, right? I thought, man, Giolito and Cease probably trump Flaherty and Montgomery. If you were going to make a monster move and, and get two-fifths of your rotation in one deal, I would lean towards White Sox because Cease is just an X factor, right? But now with Giolito gone, if you're going to go Cease and Lance Lynn, even though Lance Lynn's K per nine is at a career high 10.9, he's serving up home runs and his ERA is way over six. I think, I think that this deal last night with the Angels helped the Cardinals get what they need, and that is to trade both guys to the same team. Because if you deal Flaherty, a California guy, and Jordan Montgomery, who did what last year, proved that he could be traded away and flourish in a new uniform, I think this is all lining up for the Dodgers to make a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Keep in mind, they traded away Noah Syndergaard in one of the weirdest trades I've ever heard. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, who can't get anybody out, one and four, ERA over seven for a mid Rosario, who might not be an all star, but he's playing shortstop every day for a team that technically is still in it, Neo Central. Made no sense. So they just got rid of one of their scrap heap uh, starters. They need starting pitching. I think this helped the Cardinals. I think Flaherty and Montgomery to the Dodgers is looking more and more realistic. If it's not the Dodgers, is there, do you have confidence that the Cardinals can get something in return for those two? I mean, it, to me, it's one of the hardest things. You're trading two pitchers away, but you need pitching depth. So how do you manage that when you're, when you're clearly going to get those guys on the market at some point? Oh, look, we, we, we divided up the pitchers that are available in trade market into pitch-to-contact guys, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, guys like that, Jordan Montgomery. I look at a, I look at a strikeout guy as someone who averages a strikeout per inning, right? That stuff plays in the postseason. That's why I still believe Lance Lynn has valued someone because his strikeouts are up. Now, why, why would you say a guy with an ERA over six is adding value to a team? What do we see in postseason play? Yeah, you got your game one starter. He's going to go deep. You get your game two starter. He's going to go deep. But game three and four, your starters are going three or four innings, and it's they're handing it over to the bullpen. If Lance Lynn knows he's only going to go three or four innings, and he's max effort, you're going to get a guy who's going to get swing and miss. They value that more than anything in the postseason is swing and miss. I don't know if Marcus Stroman is as coveted as people say he is. I think there's one team that I would target for Stroman, and that's the Houston Astros. I think Dusty Baker would love managing the the the, the aura of Marcus Stroman, his confidence, and, and, and he's not going to be a game one, game two guy. So it fits because he's pitched to contact. Jordan Montgomery, just like I said, proved he's comfortable changing uniforms. Did it last year, and he flourished. Jack Flaherty, to me, is now with Giolito gone. I still don't believe Dylan Cease is available. I still don't think that. I think Jack Flaherty becomes one of the top three starters available because even though his caper nine is down, he's normally a 10 of a, or above strikeout guy. I think his stuff still looks good. I think teams wouldn't be shy of giving him the ball in a game two of a postseason series. So I think that adds insane value. So if it's not the Dodgers and you split these guys up, 
you're going to trade both of them and you're going to get value. Uh, I just think Flaherty is still considered a top three pitcher available now with Giolito off the board. Greg, with Otani off the market, you look back, last year Soto got traded, the year before that Scherzer and Turner got traded in the same deal. We've had Machado get traded on trade deadline day. I really don't see a, a deal on the horizon or a name on the horizon that gets moved that takes our breath away. Do you see one? Ooh, see, I, I kind of think anything could happen with the San Diego Padres. I really think anything could happen. A.J. Preller loves attention. It's like if you took Greg Amsinger and made him a GM, it would probably be A.J. Preller. You just, you know, he loves people buzzing about him, right? And I don't see him sitting on his hands either way. If they're clearly a buyer, they're within striking distance, and he somehow says the same thing to the poor owner of the Padres. Hey, Mr. Seidler, I know I've said this to you before, but this is the missing piece. Trust me this time. I know I've said this 34 times, but this guy (laughs) is going to put us over the top. If you can convince him again into believing that, then maybe there'll be buyers. But I think right now they're under 500. They're not even, I think, what are they, five games under 500? Uh, If they're like seven or eight under 500, and we all know they're not a buyer, I don't believe A.J. Preller is going to sit there quietly when everyone else is getting talked about. I think Juan Soto could be in play. Wow. I think I truly believe if they decide to sell with one year left of Juan Soto, I could, I could see Juan Soto being traded again. And, and either way, you, you asked me about a player, I'm just going to give you the name of a GM. A.J. Preller will be the most interesting person. Either way, on deadline day, if the Padres decide to sell or buy. I love this. All right, one more thing, and this is an unpopular opinion among most sports fans, I think, but I believe that the sport of baseball is better under Rob Manfred. Has he made some missteps in terms of PR? Yes, and he's your boss, but he he gets a new contract from baseball. I think baseball is in a better place right now than it was the day Rob Manfred took over. 1,000%. 1,000%. Now, I know people are probably rolling their eyes because they think I'm biased, right? Baseball, when I jumped into it, had Bud Selig as the commissioner, and baseball took baby steps to keep up with the times. It was the last sport to the party. It just was. Everything in our society was going faster, and baseball wanted to be true to its past, and it was walking in mud. Well, to have a commissioner come in and change a game that has so many purists who are ready to yell at you and glare at you and say, boo, at a draft, which is so dumb, by the way. (laughs) All of you fans who would ever see a human being and get excited to boo, oh, man, I hope I don't ever cross paths with you. Anyway, my point is this. I think you needed a guy who was okay being yelled at, was okay not being popular. Rob Manfred has been a lifelong negotiator. When he walks out of a room, no one in that room likes him because he's been going back and forth negotiating against them. He's a, I, I believe his mom and dad probably scowled at him while he ate his cereal when he was a kid. <laughs> he's used to this. You needed someone with thick skin to walk in and change baseball at the level he changed it. We might look back in 40, 50 years, I mean, if we're still upright, and and believe that Rob Manfred was the more tra- most transformative commissioner of all time. And let me just keep this in mind. In the next four years, we're going to see even more monumental changes in the game. The ball strike challenge is going to add such an amazing wrinkle to the sport. And that's coming. Trust me. 
And then you're going to have expansion. There'll be two more teams, two more cities that will have a Major League Baseball team. Rob Manfred's going to be doing all of this. He isn't afraid of change. And for baseball to get back the momentum that we've gotten lately, we needed someone who would wear it. He wears the unpopularity of change in a sport that aided change. So Rob Manfred's good for the game. Very well said. Greg Amzinger, we always love hearing you. What do you got? To, you, you had the great Hall of Fame weekend. You, you had the draft. you have any uh, other big events coming up the rest of the summer before we get to the playoffs? Yeah, I get to unpack boxes in my house. Oh, good. good. Uh, yeah, I haven't been able to help unpack. So my poor wife's just talking about glaring at you like, uh, ready to boo me? She's booing me <laughs> as I walk to the bathroom. <laughs> so I got to unpack. I got to start I gotta start carrying my own load here in my house. So, uh, yeah, if I just get like a free, if I get one day, which I don't know if I have a day coming up, but if I do, I'm unpacking boxes. That's my life. All right, Greg, always great to have you. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir, and we will talk to you soon. All right, take care, guys. See you, big boy. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN.